This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Portable Peds, your pediatric board review podcast. We have our second episode of our GI month, so here we go. A 13-year-old male presents to your clinic for a well child check. On review of his growth chart, you note a lack of linear growth and weight loss. He reports that for the past month, he has had lower energy levels and a persistent, nagging, non-focal abdominal pain, which he has been attributing to stress at school. On further questioning, he has had frequent episodes of loose stools and intermittently noted some blood in those stools. You order some basic screening labs, which are notable for leukocytosis, anemia, thrombocytosis, hypoalbuminemia, and elevated inflammatory markers. You refer the patient to a pediatric gastroenterologist for an endoscopy. Which of the following histologic features on biopsy is considered diagnostic for Crohn's disease? A. Crypt abscesses. B. Lymphoplasmacytic infiltrates. C. Fibrinogen debris with a neutrophilic inflammatory infiltrate. D, non-caseating granulomas, or E, pan-cell metaplasia. So take a second, think about it, and we'll come back with the answer. And while you guys are thinking about the answer, I just want to put in a shameless plug for our survey. It's completely anonymous just to get some listener preferences. You can find it in our show notes on the website and all of our social media platforms. And so now let's walk through our answers. So the correct answer is D, non-caseating granulomas. Ryan, do you want to kind of walk us through why that's the correct answer? Yeah. So this question stem very clearly describes a patient presenting with inflammatory bowel disease or IBD. So IBD is divided into Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. We'll get into the specifics of each, but first let's take a little time to review some general characteristics of IBD. So in the United States, 1.4 million people suffer from IBD, and 25% of patients with IBD are diagnosed during childhood or adolescence. Patients with IBD can present with linear growth failure, weight loss, fatigue, bloody or non-bloody diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, and abdominal pain. It's also important to keep in mind that 25% of children will present with extraintestinal manifestations, including oral aphthous ulcers, erythema nodosum, pyoderma gangrenosum, and arthritis. While the exact cause of IBD is unknown, there appears to be a multifactorial contribution. Causative factors include genetic predisposition, alterations in the gut microbiome, defects in the innate and adaptive immune systems, and environmental exposures. Interestingly, 20% of newly diagnosed patients will have a first-degree relative with IBD. It's also important to keep in mind that IBD appears to be limited to Western industrialized populations, further supporting the importance of environmental effects on the gut microbiome. While laboratory studies can be helpful in the diagnosis of IBD, it's important to remember that 20% of children will have normal labs at presentation. Patients with IBD can also have multiple lab abnormalities, most commonly including elevated inflammatory markers, anemia, thrombocytosis, leukocytosis, and hypoalbuminemia, like our patient. 
Biopsies obtained during endoscopy are diagnostic, however. Treatment options also can include corticosteroids, immunosalicylates, immunomodulators, and biological agents. All right, Sammy, now that we've reviewed some of the general shared characteristics of IBD, do you want to walk us through the answer choices to take a look at the difference between Crohn's and ulcerative colitis? Absolutely. So all of our answer choices refer to the histopathology that can be seen on biopsy during endoscopy. Let's go ahead and throw out the oddball answer first. So while answer choices A, B, D, and E are all seen in IBD, answer choice C, fibrinogen debris with neutrophilic inflammatory infiltrate, is seen in peptic ulcer disease and therefore can immediately be eliminated. Now that we've gotten rid of our distractor answer choice, let's walk through the other options. Crypt abscesses, lymphoplasmacytic infiltrates, non-caseating granulomas, and pan-cell metaplasia can all be seen on histopathology and IBD. Of these answer choices, the histologic feature that is unique to Crohn's disease and considered diagnostic is non-caseating granulomas, which makes answer choice D our correct answer. Crohn's disease is characterized by transmural inflammation affecting any part of the GI tract from mouth to anus. Ulcerative colitis, on the other hand, affects the superficial mucosa in a continuous fashion, including the rectum, and is limited to the colon. Histologic features of ulcerative colitis include crip architectural distortion, branching, crypt abscesses, and lymphoplasmacytic infiltrates. Panath cell metaplasia, or the presence of panath cells in the distal colon, is seen in both ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, and while suggestive of IBD, is not specific to either type. Well, that's all for this week. So, again, be sure to fill out our survey. It's super easy to find in the show notes, our website, and all of our social media platforms. And we'll see you guys next week for our next GI case. Happy studying. Bye, guys.